but just maybe debating whether a lot of work has to be done to get to this type of place or whether maybe trying to do a lot of work is what's getting in the way and it's easier to be accessed like who knows how it works but to me it definitely has felt like we've worked very very hard and like we finally get to go into retirement you know I get the dole like oh because the only reason i was thinking getting the dole is because they have a like a mango pineapple banana i've seen that flavored one but then i was I, and it said no added sugars too so i was like oh that's pretty cool um but then i was just thinking like how do you get banana juice I still i would like to look at the ingredients i don't care it tells me it has what or it doesn't have what like, I still want to look. It, because it had it, a total of 26 grams of sugar in, like, one of those quarts. Is it no added, like, artificial sugar, but added other kinds of sugar? Is mm-hmm. it just the sugar from the fruit? I don't know. I tried to juice a banana. Oh, <laughs> tell me about How did you do it? I tried to put it in the juicer. The whole thing? Yeah, this is when I first got a juicer, okay. and, like, I wasn't thinking about different fruits and how they couldn't be juiced right. i didn't even think about that i was just like oh just put it in there and what yeah. happened it just it just chops up the, i mean just like disintegrates it kind of yeah well you don't get much it's sort of like oranges oranges are so hard to juice like you have to do like the manual squeezing thing i know when people go out and they expect for there to be freshly pressed juices like you don't understand have exactly you ever freshly pressed like what it takes to to press juice do you remember all those times that i found myself behind the bar freshly squeezing juices through like a lemon juicer oh at work that's yeah, crazy for yeah. sure for sure there were just like a few guests who were so insistent on the fresh squeezed juice and you squeeze that shit yeah, I mean, there's a huge difference between freshly squeezed, squeezed juice and just like flavored juices. Hundred percent. It was like when people looked at us when we were serving brunch at the other place, and they were like, "Hey, man, I'm paying eighty five dollars, eighty nine dollars to eat here. Like, where are the real eggs?" It's like because mm. they are real egg, but the trick is, is that they're pre cracked, and we get those, get them in those big ass bags mm-hmm. of like 50 60 so it's not an artificial egg but it is different than a freshly cracked egg yes yeah, like fresh juices like yeah. our our juice containers said freshly squeezed like they were freshly squeezed at, at, one, at point, one point at sure. one point some people squeeze these right. and then now they're in a jug and they've been sitting in a fridge for a month but with preservatives and whatever else mm. yeah no it's different i get it i get it yeah i don't know well, do they have preservatives though? I because some because you have to they go really it. fast. They have to. Like I make like that juice that I make in here: apple, carrot, ginger, lemon, kale. Like there are no preservatives in there. I don't even know what you would do to preserve. Like I'm not that type of. I'm, I don't know well, what you would even do. From what I understand, once you make, like whether heat it up or use it to some degree fresh fruit or vegetables you're supposed to use them up between like three to four days 
And just depending on what they smell like, what they taste like, what they look like. <clears throat> but by no means do I think we should have that fresh juice sitting for like a week. Mm, you yeah. Think, you think a week is... Far too long. Yeah, 100%. Unless they had some preservatives. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to do more research, but I know that, yeah, like fruit don't just last that long once they've been essentially like opened, you know? When we were told to just lie to the guests and tell them that it is freshly squeezed juice, even though it wasn't, there would be some guests that clearly drink freshly squeezed juice. They're like, what the often, fuck are you talking so about? So then they would just, as soon as you poured it or that you brought the glass out, they're looking at the glass like, that's not, that's not freshly squeezed juice. Like, but it is, sir. They told me to say it. <laughs> I promise. That's hilarious. That's why I dry snitched that day. And then that's when I learned that term because I didn't mean to. But I was like, yo, so we're lying to the guests? <laughs> Turns out you didn't have to lie to the guests. Remember, because we learned that in that meeting. It was just the manager that told us to lie. <laughs> yeah, definitely a difference. How are you feeling this morning? I feel so good. I feel so relaxed. So at ease. So at peace. Yeah. Always very funny to sit in this room with like the intention of potting versus just walking in here and just popping by for a second. <clears throat> it's just like this cozy little area that definitely feels like a different entity of the house, you know? Mm. It's just like this room on its own. It almost doesn't feel like our room is to the left, and then you have the living room, and then you have this, just like, this is it. So it feels nice. No, I feel lovely. How are you feeling? I feel, I feel really good. I'm glad you're wearing the Badu. With, uh, <laughs> with the, Why is that how you start with, your with the, answer? With the hair coming out? Because that's what I'm looking at right now. So Why are you I, glad? I appreciate the, the in the house. I appreciate because it says comfort. Mm. It says comfort. And as we've known, being at home and being comfortable is very important in life. And it acts as a backbone for everything else. Yeah. So in some way, you wearing the head wrap <laughs> <laughs> says, I have a firm backbone. <laughs> I have a foundation, a place I can come and feel rested and recharged and and ready to show up in the world the way that I need to. A hundred percent. Yeah. I feel beautiful. How was where you feel? Cozy, cozy is a word that that uh, your parents have used. Many, yeah. many people have used in some way, like cozy, tranquil, you know. Relaxing. Re relaxing, <clears throat> warm. Yeah, you know, cozy feels right. I feel like I'm constantly wrapped in just like love and calmness all the time in here. It feels mm. really, really nice. Um, <clears throat> I do feel much more like a child than ever I know, in right? my, in my adult life. I do too. It's kind of weird. Yeah. For me, it just feels like this person is now at the forefront that I've never really met before. So that's, that's a lot of fun for me. You didn't get to know yourself as a child. Did no. you, you didn't, uh, so you no, don't, you don't like remember. Like how you, because, oh, I guess one big thing that we attach our ourselves to and our memories to, our sense of self to, or to other people. Yeah. And you, as a young person, were not 
really connecting with a bunch of other small people. No. You were in the house. Right, with just my parents. And my parents, I believe, take pride in my sister and I being well-behaved and these, like, well-put-together children. But I believe from what I've been told and from what I do remember, it's because we were just constantly being told, like, be careful, don't fall, don't jump here, don't do that. Like, don't be adventurous. I think I've told you, my aunt has told me that when I was very, very young, I would start screaming if I got something on me because that meant that my parents would get very upset because I'm a child. Like some dirt or mud? Yeah, like, like food. She mm. said that I was painting one time on like a kid's high chair and I got paints on me. It was like a watercolor, something very, very easy. And I was just flipping out and she asked me what was wrong and it was my mom was going to be very upset because I just dropped paint all over me. Mm. I was very young, she said. But yeah, no, I didn't grow up around a lot of children. I went to school with children and I played with them there. I had some play dates, but definitely once we moved to the States, that was over. And that was in 11th grade. So I'm sorry, what, uh, age 11. So what idea of yourself do you have? Like, do, like, do you have none of like, when you were a child? Like how you feel about that little person? It just feels like that was such a foreign, faraway entity. Like, I remember, I remember visuals of that child. I remember always being very independent and being a leader and, and playing around, but nothing that is more of like a feel thing. Mm. It's more of a visual. Like, like I, an idea. Yeah, like I remember. But you do not feel connected to your No, kid. not at all. So this is something that's. Mm. Very new for me. It's like I'm so trying you don't to figure feel out. that there's an emergence of something that's coming back that you remember. No, you're you're feeling like, something completely new. Yeah, it's like my inner child is finally able to emerge and to be some version, I guess, of what it would have been before. Because maybe it would have been very different. Maybe it would have been pretty close to this. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely don't feel like a connection to a past being. It's more. Like an emergence of something new. Mm. Yeah. Because again, I <clears throat> have visuals of who I was and things that I did as a child that would portray certain characteristics, but I definitely don't have like an, an emotional connection to this thing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I had a very good but weird childhood when it comes to stuff like that. <clears throat> yeah, you have yeah, a so lot I of never, things. You had, I mean, you had food, clothes, shelter, yeah, you went love. on mini trips, yeah, Disneyland. All the material things, yeah, I think. All the, yeah, all those types of things. You were just also Rapunzel, locked also up that. in the tower. Yeah. In a bit. Yeah, just hanging out with your parents often. Yeah, like I told you, there's, I don't have one memory of playing with the neighborhood kids ever. Oh, so yeah, that's. Like, not one of them. Okay, see, you're, yeah, that couldn't be further from the truth for me like that's all all i remember was just running around outside every single day Mm -mm. every single day nothing only days i was in the house i was definitely grounded (laughs) and some of those days i was gonna try to get out that's funny you know but yeah no i definitely missed out so much with that yeah so okay so that makes sense i just said because you know we're all born we're we're pure yeah like nothing has tainted us and then 
And then, you know, we start running around and doing some things and hopefully having some fun as a kid. Um, But I guess if you just, you don't even remember just coming up with stories in your mind. Like, you don't remember just being, like, what was, did you just play with yourself? Was it just toys? Was you just creating stories in your mind? Were you just speaking to your parents? And what were they talking about? Like, what did you well, do? my parents, like, you know them. They don't really talk about anything. Um, I mean, you could be talking about the food that yeah, was just cooked. Or, but there's you know, 24 hours in a day, right? Like, that only takes... The, the news, the telenovela that she's watching. Yeah, uh, but my know. parents have never been people to talk about the news. I, I honestly don't really remember a lot. Um, Yeah, I think I was just in the house. I told you I lived in a fantasy world for a long time because that's really all I had was just my imagination of what I wanted to do when I got older and who I wanted it to be to some degree but not really I remember spending a lot of time so in Puerto Rico just on the balcony I was on the balcony all the time I had like my Barbie PlayStation there I remember having a lot of dolls I was constantly taking care of kids that was my thing I had a dog um, I do remember way more of a social, active social life because I went to this private school where everyone kind of knew each other. I remember a lot of play dates. So I, I did go to places and people did come to the house. But once I was 11, that kind of stunted. But even then, yeah, it was just like my sister and I, some toys, and my parents. So I, I don't know. There's when you a lot. were 11, is that because we're getting, you're like, are you starting to look more like a young woman? Well, is no, that, that's when I moved to the States. Oh, okay. Which means that I had zero mm. contact with people my age outside of school until I got to be 18. Like none. I was constantly being, like I had to either bring Natasha, which obviously I wasn't going to do, so I didn't. Or my parents had to be around somewhere. Um, if they had a brother, like I couldn't go to the house. So if they had a dad, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was really weird. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember a lot. I think a lot of it was just been in my mind. So that's why I don't remember it. Um, but yeah, no, I most certainly was not able to be a traditional child mm. of just run around and scream and try to figure out anything. Yeah. So that's why I have been feeling quite different and quite free. In these past mm. few weeks and months, and see, okay, see, so for me, just like there's been an inner freedom, and I don't know if this was passed down from my grandfather probably. or what, but there is an inner freedom that I've always known, yeah, and always wanted to to attain, right? And I realized that there was a whole lot of outside world that puts a damper on that thing. And so I like see those things and try to stay away from them or, you know, participate to the degree in which I felt like I had to at the moment, whatever the case was. But I always knew that there was like this, this inner freedom thing that I felt that I feel like is extremely important. Um, so, I, so I guess that's, that's been my journey. Yeah, no, I definitely. Know? So me feeling, me getting to this point and feeling much better, much more childlike much more much freer that that this all rings true to me i'm like yeah i know this feeling well you know it's just it's just doing it now hmm yeah no i definitely get that from you for sure and that makes perfect sense yeah this has been me as an adult like figuring out what some sort of childlike version of myself would have been which is pretty cool 
I've I know seen it was very different. I've seen old people wearing hats, and and I've, you've probably heard this phrase before, but it's like, "Don't grow up; it's a trap." Yeah. I've seen. I saw like an eighty-year-old dude wearing that hat the other day at work. I was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." You would wear that. Um. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> when you but, were eighty. Yeah. Uh, kind of spoke about that a mm. little bit on on the pod, as he was saying, "Like grow, like you're gonna get older. Yeah. Like you're gonna grow." Like there's, you don't have to rush that process. Right. Like you don't have to try to be further than you are. Like grow in some way quicker. Like you don't have to do that. Which I thought was an interesting perspective. It's very <laughs> true. Yeah, it's one of these things. You know, I see being surrounded by all these young people at work now. It's one of those things that it feels nice to not feel. Like I want to nor need to give advice or, or put my opinion forth. They're talking about they're going to do this thing and they're going to go to this college and they have figured this thing out. All the, all the plans for life. And chances are you're going to break up with her or she's going <laughs> to cheat on you and you're never going to make it to that college because you forgot to fill out that application that and you don't have the money and you're not even built for it. They might make it to that college. More so it'll be Maybe. they'll get there, they'll change their degree or they'll change or their, times, their major yeah. a couple of times, which Maybe is not. completely okay uh, because, That's you, life. because you're when you're 17, you're trying to get out of high school. Some people are really good and they have great foresight and they know themselves and they're like, oh, no, I've wanted to do this since I was six years old. Most people like, don't have that. No, but I, you, I've met them and they're really, really cool. No, 100%. When like they've known this and they've just been on this track since age six, since age For seven, sure. and they just go do that thing. Um, and then there are other people that learn themselves through college, through getting to know yeah. people, through having those experiences and those different perspectives. And they're like, you know what? This isn't actually at all what I thought I wanted to do, but uh, sure. I took this little class over here. My friend's taking this class, Connect and they talk about this. these things. Exactly. So then you really, really find like, what resonates with you. Yeah, no, so it's all makes, needed. That makes, yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. Um, yeah, getting awakening. There's just awakening to the idea of, of like a wise, like child. Mm -hmm. You know? Is is very very different. There's so many responsibilities that people put on themselves, and you get locked out of it. Because that's really all we're talking about. Is like as you get older, the only thing that really happens is the responsibilities that get put on you. I mean, you definitely start looking at the social pressures, but the social pressures are usually linked to a certain level of responsibility that you've taken on by some age. Hundred percent. Like, that's social pressure, really. It's just like, you know, maybe you're young and it's like, oh, you're not drinking yet? Like, you're not drink you know what I mean? You're not it, smoking it, it yet. Be, yeah, you're not smoking yet? Or it's like, what college are you going to? We're all signing up for colleges. Where are you going? What are you, you doing? You're getting yeah. out of there like, yeah, like, what are you studying? Is that, are you going to be able to get a job in the job market for that? Like, what? And then it's like, oh, you're dating? Are you guys going to get married? What's going on? Are you, are you guys, I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to buy, are you going to keep renting? You need to buy a house. <laughs> You're gonna buy a house, right? You're gonna get by. All right, well, you're gonna need a better job. You need. You're gonna get a better job. What are you doing with? Are you, are you thinking about children? You, you think thinking, you're gonna have children? Yeah, where are the children? What are you gonna do? What kind of school are you gonna put them in when you have them, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> what you got? It's you a know? lot. So it's like you're constantly thinking about oh, the next responsibility I need to take. The next responsibility I need credit, credit cards. I got to start paying out these loans. I got to start doing this. I got. 
right? So then you just start. It's like a never-ending game. You like just start you never accruing. achieve anything. <laughs> well, I mean, you you achieve and then you move to the next level, <laughs> and then you achieve and then you move to the next level. Yeah. If you want to look at them as, as levels. But anyway, so that's really just the difference between like children and, and yeah. adults. You just start taking on responsibilities. Um, and and to some degree, taking on responsibilities is fun. It's nice. You start taking care of other people. Maybe that fills you, that fills you with. For sure. You know, and it, it doesn't have to be like your children. Maybe you just go and you give your time to a church every, right. every week or you're just out going on missions helping install water systems to villages that don't get clean water whatever the case is and like that just feels good you taking on the responsibility of helping other people i get it i get it <laughs> and i think and i think doing it that way resonates probably a whole lot more to me so. than than the permanent gig yeah, that I'm all I'm all for. You know, I, I definitely want to donate my time. I have more time now, so I can definitely do that. I just haven't sat down. I've looked through certain places, but the company committed. that we work work for actually has has that. many. Um, what would you call them? In the meaning, uh, like volunteer opportunities. Yeah, volunteer yeah. opportunities. I just yeah, I heard that at the orientation I just went to the other day. So I definitely would be. Excuse me, very interested in them. The yeah, that bre- seems The cool. bread baskets that we that we sell, every one of those costs a dollar, and those go towards these volunteer opportunities. One of which, it's I don't know if you remember meal. doing the orientation. Well, I just oh, did a full it. a full meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a full meal, which is because I was asking about that number. I was like, how do you know? Like, so you're telling me that they buy a basket of bread, and for any of these great American restaurants. And then you give, you're able to make a full meal out of that. Like, what, like what are these meals looking like? I was, and she didn't really have, she couldn't break it down mm-hmm. for me, like what every bean was going to cost or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she said, it, this works out. She was like, however they did it, they buy a basket of bread, some child gets a free meal. Right. I, I don't know exactly how I was it thinking works maybe like food costs for restaurants, like mm-hmm. since they're getting everything in wholesale, a dollar. Of that wholesale could be a full meal versus like four or five dollars of whatever grocery shopping we would do, maybe. And I don't know. and they also make sure I don't know how many of these that they've built, but they make sure that children have places to play. Yeah, in, in the, that's one of those in the local too. community. So For they're sure. building recreation centers or play, like playgrounds. To play, yeah, that's awesome. It's very cool. No, I love people that do stuff like that. Just thinking that there was like. A neighborhood or a group of children that had nowhere close to go out and play, and then, and then one day there was just like this a big playground out there, and it's just like, oh shit, this is awesome! They just built this right next to my house. That's amazing. You know. Yeah, when I lived in South Riding, I saw a playground go up overnight, and it was amazing how packed it was every single summer night. Wild. I mean, those kids were fighting over that place. Something I didn't really grow up with for the most part. So I do remember like two parks that were pretty popular that we went to, but it was always like with my parents. It was never with other children or anything like that. So. Yeah, I said this to someone also on the pod recently. I think maybe it was Brad that like so many things boil down to comfort. And there's, as we've read the comfort crisis. 
there is a comfort that makes us all very lazy and just wanting to do the, the least. Um, but there's this other comfort where if you feel like a child, if you feel comfortable screaming at the top of your lungs or dancing or singing, whatever it is you want to do, there's, there's a youth in that. There's like, there's an inner freedom and a, and a euphoria looseness, and a yeah. looseness and a, just a happiness just, just comes along with flow that comes along with yeah. that, you know. I don't know. I'm just, just thinking about yeah, being no, a young that's person. Ex- that's exactly what I feel. That's I feel so, I feel very free. I feel very loose in a way I never have before. So that feels nice, you know, and it, it's, it's great that it's able to just manifest in such a way that it is contagious. That's why I like the Badu on your head right now. Because hmm. it says comfort. You know, and ultimately, if you're going to achieve that childlike version of you in, in the adult age, yeah, you're going to have to be in spaces that you feel comfortable enough being yourself. Yeah, like the you only know, place... Go ahead, sorry. Well, no, I was going to say long enough to, to bring that part out of you. Yeah. The only place I wouldn't wear this badu for professional reasons would be at work. But I wear this badu out all the time, you know? And I feel very comfortable. It's hilarious that we just call a head wrap a badu. Thank you, Miss Erica Badu. That's so funny. It just makes sense to call it a badu if you know. I guess you just know. But yeah, no, I feel great. I feel wonderful what this has been able to provide, you know, for our relationship. It's been very cool. First, you just feel very free. And to get to a point, I wonder if this is sort of life for people. And some just get to access this, some don't, some takes a bit longer, but sort of like that guy wearing that hat. If people for the most part, or everyone to some degree, is just searching to reconnect with this thing. You this, know, this child like Yeah. Whether on purpose fervor. or not. It feels like it just provides so much more. Hmm. Than, than freedom, you know, and just connects a lot of other things. It is the interconnectivity of the never-ending moment, hmm. right? It is, it is the integration of that. Not necessarily, this is what's interesting about all those Alan Watts videos. Is not necessarily for the sake of integrating into trying to heighten one's consciousness. Right. Right? Because when a child does things, a child doesn't do it for those reasons. It just does it because it's fun, because it feels good in the moment. They're reading the moment and they're going with it. And we we just, we get away from, from the moment. Like we're thinking about the future, which is going to be when it gets there, the moment. Right. Right. If it, if it comes, it's going to be the moment. And you're going to have to treat it like every other moment, which is either you can be there for it or you could think about the next moment that you're that you're trying to conjure that's up. funny, right? Yeah, it's that's that's what it is. That's what children are going through. Like children. They're not planning for 10 years ahead. They're not, they're, they're, they're just not doing that shit. Like, it's just, they're just there, like, just in the moment, running around. And this is what we're doing. Just flowing, doing stuff. If you ever 
really think about, I don't know how often you do this now in your life, but ever try to uh, author, try to write a script of a future conversation that is going to happen. I've done that. Like try to plan that out a bit. In, In my mind, immediately upon trying to do that, like I'm talking about one second in, if even that long in, it immediately reads to me as incorrect. Hmm. Like this is like there's no point. Every time I even think about trying to do it, I'm just like, well, that's like we can ponder it just for the just for shits and giggles, but it reads inauthentic, wrong, not going to happen every single time. Hmm. Because I just know that that's the case. Like, yeah, yeah. the way that you make stuff up in your mind is just not reality. It's just not the way that life actually is. It's just a narrative that you're telling yourself. To hopefully like make you feel better about like what's to come. Just like it's not gonna happen like that. And then like once you get there with the person, you realize it it just wasn't that thing. It happens every single time. hundred percent of the time. It, because you're not factoring in what type of sleep you or the other person got, what food they like what their diet looks like that day, how they're feeling, what the if they walked out and saw a butterfly fly off right. a flower in front of the sun and that could have changed their whole feeling about the day, the whole tone of what's going on. You just don't know like, what's going on. Like it's just it's all you know, just these sequential moments. You just reminded me of when we went to the post office, whenever <laughs> that was. <laughs> and there's this guy just acting a fool and Kind of threatening, but not really. These workers and yeah, it was an implicit threat of sorts. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he got aggressive, cursing women out, calling them assholes. Yeah, pretty wild. But something I think that everyone in there was like, "Yo, what is this guy going through? Like, what is his life like? Like, what was his?" And this was what the day before Christmas too. I believe this was the day before Christmas. Yeah, not like two days before something. It was like right before Christmas time. He wasn't having our morning or anyone else's morning in there. You have no idea. Absolutely no idea. Well, look, I, I we walked out of the post office and I saw the guy mm. in his car for a second. Just like And back. he was just le- it did not look like it was. F- it's not like he left from cursing out the whole post office. And got back in the car and felt great about that sequence of events. You know, people will try to fool you into that, into thinking like, oh, fuck you, fuck you, fuck the world. I just say what I want. I do whatever I want to do. And they have this this cowboy sort of thing about them, this bravado. And and that can go for women or men, by the way. Mm Mm-hmm. That's just not fun. He like not only in, in like not on the inside. Yeah. Like when you have to go back and sit alone, it's not it's not fun. Regardless of the smile they try to put on in front of you. Like that's not a fun existence. Like it doesn't feel good to do to do that on the outside. Unless you're legitimately legitimately like psychopathic. Like Yeah. I I don't know what that experience is like. But for the most part human beings are not Treating other people poorly, being thrown out of establishments in front of people because of them simply existing in there in the way that they currently are able to exist. And they just go about life looking at themselves in the mirror, just being on a drive by themselves and feel great about the way that they are navigating this life. Hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't really happen. You know, that guy looked like 
he was not having a great day in his car. That's for certain. You know, I feel very lucky to be able to come from this place these days. Feels very good. Feels very calm. Yeah, just like kind of floating, chilling. Having a good time accomplishing some things here and there. Accomplishing some things here Definitely and there. Definitely don't feel like <laughs> I have the weight of the world on my shoulders, you know. You know, just Tuesday morning having some mimosas. Yeah, and like you said, we've talked about this many, many times throughout the weeks and months and just not really trying to figure out, but just maybe debating whether a lot of work has to be done to get to this type of place or whether maybe trying to do a lot of work is what's getting in the way and it's easier to be accessed, like who knows how it works. But to me, it definitely has felt like we've worked very, very hard and like we finally get to go into retirement (laughs) when it comes to like internal and interpersonal happiness. Because it has not always been like this. (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, I I think about it and as cheesy as it is, like our mornings are just filled with so many laughs, so many funny childish tackles and hugs and kisses and just funny little sayings. And it's every morning, you know, and... All of those motions also, I think, help negative interactions between us and maybe me getting a little spicy. So I think, yeah, just I, I, I wonder where that would have been able to fit me for. This was never there before for us. <laughs> so I don't know. You have. Yeah, you. I think you have to be okay with letting other people be who they are. Yeah. Right? I think in order for that to happen, there may be a good chance that you have to be okay with letting yourself be who you are. Also that. Right? And kind of have to be unapologetic about it um, to, to some degree. Yeah. Um. You want to do a quick bathroom break? What do you think about it? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, comfort is really what's on my mind these days. <laughs> you know? It's like me getting my parents those ufas for Christmas. I was really excited about them. It's like, you guys have never felt anything like this. And I have never felt anything like how I feel now living my life. You know? Like we always joke about how our relationship has felt. How you feel about just existing in the world with other people. Allowing them to be who they are. You know, and interacting with them if I want to. And if not, just walking away. That feels really nice. Like they can always be themselves. Because I'm either going to be here or I'm not. <laughs> oh, yeah. You all, yeah, you used to struggle with. with so much. With like not existing in the same space as someone that. I'm like, why are these people breathing around me? Yeah. <laughs> that was huge for me. You know, when people were just being themselves and being silly like I am being now. Like, why are you, like, why are you doing that? Like, why are you behaving that way? Be an adult. Grow up. So it's funny to think back and, and to be here. 
Because I feel like I'm way more of a fun person the older that I have become. Mm-hmm. Like I feel way more light, more lively, healthier, funnier. <laughs> as silly as it is to say, I catch myself often making myself laugh. And I've never felt that before. <laughs> I've never Yeah, that is pretty funny. I've never just like said things and then thought, oh my God, like that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> so that's a lot of fun. Um, what are you thinking about? None. You, you kind of, you're getting to know yourself in a different way. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird that this is happening now as I'm about to hit 28 years of life. It's very peculiar. It's also very weird. I know you're in your thirties, but to think that I've hit. Like, I'm going to be out of my 20s. I don't know. Like, I have so little connection with time. Like, I almost have no connection with it. I don't know what that means. I feel like I should feel older, but I definitely don't. I feel much younger than I ever have. So, again, maybe this is something that happens to everyone. But it just manifests differently. It's a very, very interesting, interesting time to just exist. I'm just, I'm just, just, I mean, just, I'm just listening. Yeah, I'm just looking at you. What goes on through your mind as you listen to me? Nothing at, at all. Like I legit, <laughs> like I legitimately have nothing. I'm just listening to what it is you're saying. Right? Yeah, that's what I got for that. I just, I feel, I feel good. I feel thankful. I feel grateful. I feel fun. Yeah, I feel very, I feel very normal. I, yeah, that, that's what it seems like. It seems like this. Like nothing spectacular and everything extraordinary is happening at the same time. Everything seems very, 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 very regular. Like very, very, very regular. regular, very simple life. I don't do much that I feel like is wildly extraordinary, but I feel like something extraordinary is truly happening at the same time. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, by no means, like if we speak about our life, is it super exciting to most people, I feel like. <laughs> Pickleball. Trying to find some nice places to hike out. Shrooming. For sure. Often. Coffee in the mornings. A little bit of work. You know, get some food. Video games. Every now and again. Good video games recently. That's always really nice. Yeah, video games is something that I'm very thankful for. I just, again, I'm only about eight months into this video game world. And that has changed my life for the better. That has been pretty cool. Didn't know that existed. This whole world. Yeah. There, I don't really, maybe, maybe at a point in time, I was also, you know, some, some prick, some pretentious Mm -hmm. asshole when it came to this. Yeah. Like video games. Like, why would you spend your time playing video games? They are literal masterpieces. They are. They're works of art. They're like the coolest puzzles. For anyone that likes to sit and look at a painting, like you would mm. go to a museum. See, and this is where things get interesting. Like that's pe- a cool art. People will go to a museum and look at a painting and think, "Oh my gosh, like this inspires me so much. Like it's it's so beautiful. Look at the way it was painted." But you're looking at a video game that has a million of those in a, in an experience. You can just just move the camera angle around and just look up at the sky fly around, look at the water, look at the houses in the distance, beyond the trees, in, in the sunset. 
You, like it's constantly happening and you have a storyline over top of that and you have gameplay on top of that right. and you have all these intricacies. So to look like to frown at video games like they're not works of art is kind of wild. It's very pretentious. I don't trust you if you say something like that. You That's just, easy you just, for me. you just don't know. That's all it is. Like you, right. you haven't had that perspective brought to you. You haven't really like taken time to be wild. There's music overlay. Like there's just there's layers to art and beauty in in a video game. Because that's something I've never felt. I've always said like video games are not for me, and no, I don't play them. But I never really thought that like they were a waste of time. Like, I never really judged anyone for playing them. I was like, yeah, like, I don't play video games because, I like, I don't know anything about them. So if you're just actively judging people who play them, it's it's like people who only read. Um, we talk. I talk about this. Fiction versus non or nonfiction versus fiction. So, yeah, it's just like, oh, I don't want to read a I don't want to read a story. What are you talking like, about? I don't have time. For, like, I want to learn something. I want to learn about a time in history or I want to learn about the brain or I want to learn about the mind. You know, people do the same thing with like documentaries, TV shows and movies. It's like, oh, I only watch like documentaries. Documentaries, documentaries. National Geographic, you know, like I don't want to spend too much time. There's always a line in the sand. It's so funny. No matter what it is, there's always a line in the sand. It's so funny. It's that hierarchy every time. Yeah, Yeah. It's always, that's something, one of my favorite things I've learned about Jordan Peterson. It's just that, like, it doesn't matter where you are or what you do or what animal you are. There's always going to be a hierarchy formed. Whether it's just algae. There's superior algae versus not. Like, some algae just has all the qualitative natures and needs to just suppress everything else around them. Yeah, the way he explains it has has always been interesting. Because it makes all the sense in the world. 100%. He's like, everybody needs to be able to play a lot of games. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if you just have one game and there's just a few winners, like, that's no good. But since we have so many different domains in life, so many different things you can do, there are a lot of different games you can play. But as soon as you open up any single domain and people are, everyone's allowed to play in it, there are going to be people that excel. There are going to be people that are better than the rest. And you're going to have a hierarchy, boom, immediately. No matter what. They're going to be people that are good and people that suck, and they're going to be people in the middle. It's amazing. No, it's no very, very what you interesting. Do. No matter what you do. Yeah. Yeah, Jordan Peterson, he's, he's, been, a, he's been a father to a lot of people. For sure. You know. A gem. Yeah, he's been a father for a lot of people. In a, in a world that makes sense, a secular world that needs grounding. Yeah. Where people don't know how to get it or where to get it. Or just maybe it needs to be explained through a different set of words than it has been explained before, which is just a lot of what he's doing. Yeah. Which is, yeah, his is is very thoughtful. Yeah. Very thoughtful philosopher. Interestingly enough, because a lot of these childlike whims and things that we're talking about is kind of like the opposite in a sense. And maybe you think a lot to get to the point mm-hmm. of no thinking. It was, uh, or just not overthinking. During that year, 2020, the not only, so I read a lot of books, right? So, you read so, I, many so books. I read something like 70 books that year, Crazy. 60, 70 books. They're all very, very dense books. So I turned inward to a lot of information and a lot of 
pondering and thinking that needed a lot of processing. And I feel like one in particular was the Nathan C. Schaefer book, Thinking and Learning to Think. Mm. You like train yourself right. to, to think things through on a very deep level. And so already on the track that I was on, like doubling down on the thinking tool to constantly like move through everything, like to train yourself to think, to think, to think, to think, to think, to try to then either use that tool to get to a point of relaxing the thinking or having to work backwards to try to get to a place where you're not constantly thinking is fascinating uh, endeavor to be on. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have a lot because I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, it's it's also not necessarily been your experience to try to wrestle through constant thoughts. Yes and no. Because there was a constant wrestling of trying to figure out like what is happening how I interact with it, and then how I would like to interact with it. Sort of like seeing myself for the first time and realizing that this is how I react versus respond to things, or this is how I am walking in general, whatever it may be. <laughs> and there's a, a lot of trying to think, why does this even happen this way? And I'm not even aware of it. How do I fix it? How do I catch it? How do I apply anything towards it? And that took up a lot of my life and my time. But it looked very different than what you were doing. It looked very different. That's, it, that's what it is. Yeah, it looked very, very different. But it was still some degree of that. It was still trying to figure out how to think some things through. Maybe definitely not everything, but certainly something. Yeah, and, and again, I don't remember like the exact point where things started changing and the direction started to become different and the intention was also changing. But here we are. It's kind of, I mean, like I told you the other day, maybe that's how all of these books have been able to just keep getting released and, and, and just existing in general. Like Siddhar Siddhartha. Um, Illusions. Illusions and Alchemist. You know, these, these are sort of all the same idea. And it has to look very different for different people, but you have to start somewhere. Mm. Maybe some people, for some reason, have some things figured out way before. Like, they never have to do the 10 years of Sam Harris, Jordan Peterson, to just kind of let, that sit in the back rooms of your mind versus the forefront of your mind. Who knows? Hmm. Yeah, it just kind of almost seems like a blur that it's been about five, four years. Four years is a long time. Yeah. You know, since all of this started. And the practice is looking different. The day is looking different. Yeah, there's a, there's a muscle memory that comes with doing things a lot. Playing basketball, dancing, singing. And when you 
when you're graced with someone that has that control, like you listen to, I don't know, fucking early 2000s. I think that was when she was popping. Christina Aguilera. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you listen to something like that or, you know, in Adele. Like I showed you Kiki Wyatt. Kiki Wyatt. Um, you know, I wish I knew some ballerinas because so, I'm certain that they would exemplify this better than what I'm trying to say right now. I know Misty but, Point is like an important black ballerina. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, when they exhibit this control, this this grace, they know what to do. And when so, when you are integrated with this with this concept of everything being situational, like nothing being the same as the last thing. Mm-hmm. And you having to be, or not having to be, but understanding that you are a part of that situation, right? Every time. You're not sitting on the outside of the situation. Like you're a part of the situation that you're experiencing. And being a part of that situation, awakening to every moment in that situation being as delicate as it is. Mm-hmm. And like knowing how to pay attention in that moment and flow with that moment. I don't know, however, however seems fit in that moment, whatever is fitting for that moment, that that's like a that's a whole new gear. That's a whole new mode to be a part of, to to go into every moment thinking, like, okay, like this is just is just me in this moment happening and you're feeling it out and you're getting that grace of those singers or those ballerinas. So now instead of relying on this this foreshadowing this constant like thinking of what is to come when i'm in this next conversation with this person or whatever it is that thing that you're thinking about just ending up there and allowing this muscle memory to work out so you so instead of is like lamont talked about it here he's like if you know your lines if you read over the script you know your lines then you can act if you don't know your lines, you can't act because you're just going to be worried about the lines. Mm-hmm. You're just constantly thinking like, oh, I'm supposed to walk over here, say this thing, do this thing, boom, cut scene. But like you're too worried. So now it's all jumbled up and it's clunky because you're trying to figure out the thing. But if you if you know the thing and you're aware and you enter this flow state where you and the thing, you stop thinking that they're different things. Right. That you and the dance are different. You and the dance aren't different. You got you're the same thing, you know. You and the painting are not different things. Like you, you are part of that. So whatever it is that thing is, the the cool thing about this is that people can understand this because for the most part, all humans have felt a flow. Like you've done something in your life where you were just in a flow state. Like nothing else mattered but that thing. So that's cool because. It's easy to explain to people in that light that the same thing exists, right? but just for life in general. For sure. So instead of just thinking it's something you can achieve when you're cooking food or you're on a run or whatever it is, that thing that you do where you lose yourself in the thing, that there's that on top, layered over top of life. And you can, you can feel this flow of you just moving around interacting with every situation as the situation is 
itself, not something that you thought the situation was going to be or you're anticipating it to be um, or you've seen in the past. Like, it's just, no, this situation right now. Like, this is the first time that myself and these people or these things have been here at this point in time. This has never happened before. No moment will ever happen ever again. Right. So to constantly treat it as though it's some other moment, especially some moment in the future that Mm -hmm. you really don't know what the fuck that's going to be like is kind of counterintuitive when you really think about it. Yeah, you know, this is we always think about and talk about. But then it's weird because when you're in it, you don't feel like you're doing anything. You just feel like you're you're just living. (laughs) You know, that's the that's the conundrum. And that's the that's the beauty of the idea that superior virtue is not virtue, you know, for the sake of trying to be superior. Right. Like you don't, you don't become this beautiful blossoming ray of light because you're trying to be that. Regardless of what state it's taken for people that we admire. Right. You know, Usually, like those people, when you see them or you hear them, they you can just tell they're just existing. Right, they're on a different plane. Yeah, they're just existing, and you just mm-hmm. you admire it. You you are attracted to it. You know, so it's <clears throat> the same people we speak about. You know that that come to mind. But yeah, that's a hard one. You know, I'm. Calling my parents yesterday because I was testing my line after I got activated because they don't have iPhone. So I was like, if it goes through, then it's perfect. And my dad answers. He's like, hey, how are you? I was like, I'm great calling about my phone. I was like, what are you up to? He's like, I'm getting ready for tomorrow. I was like, well, what's tomorrow? He was like, well, I have to work tomorrow. I was like, oh, I was like, didn't you just get off? It's like six o'clock. Also, he works from home. So he's been at the house all day. And he was like, yeah, you know, but it's just you you get off work to get ready for the next day. You know, can't wait for the week to be over. And it's Monday. Oh. And that's just how they are all the time. You know, they're, they're <sighs> trying to fall asleep early so that way the day can be over and we can just move on to the next. Have you st- have you gotten evidence of that still, like within what? the past six months? Like, is that still a or are you are you? Account like recounting something that happened a year ago on a phone call. No, this is this happens all the time. They're trying to go to sleep early. Thing, yes, in particular, this has been going on. This will never stop. Like you've heard these words. Yes, I just want to make sure. Yes, no, this like it comes from both of them. Mm. You know, like if for some reason they called me and I call them back later at night. I know eight or nine is like a good time in bed, like waiting to go to sleep. It's like, hey, like, what's mom doing? Oh, she's taking a nap. She's bored. You know, just constantly trying to sleep life away. (laughs) (laughs) Just, yeah, but they're constantly looking for the next thing, you know? It's, That's some funny shit trying, to, it's trying to sleep life away is so funny. Their life sounds so miserable. <laughs> trying to sleep life away is funny as hell. You know, because he's asking, like, what's what's our week looking like? What are we up to? 
And I was like, listen, man, we've been playing pickleball, hanging out, doing this, doing that. Took a nap. Went to the gym. Yeah, naps be coming for Um, sure. And he's like, oh, like, I just, you know, it would be so nice to have a job where, like, I could enjoy it. And so on and so forth instead of saying blah, blah, blah. But it's always the same. My dad has been unhappy with his job for probably a decade plus at this point. Won't take a pay cut won't apply maybe as often as you should. He just believes that things should be different, therefore they should. Um, and that's just not how life works. So, yeah, just let him talk. Let him talk for a moment. You know, you have mom waiting for her next trip to Puerto Rico because going <laughs> three to four times a year is just not enough. You know, like, she'll be gone I for do, three I do. weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. Your mom... <laughs> what about her? She is something else. She, yeah, for she's sure. so special. She's yeah. She's she so definitely special. have a, a charm about her in the fact that she is a simple woman. The simplest. All she she cares. It's 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 honestly like when I think about your mom, you think of a child. I think of a very particular. And maybe this is the way I ought to think about people, but a very particular program that was written. Yes. She doesn't it, have a shared it, software. It doesn't seem like it's going. Yeah. Like what she's programmed to do. It's not going outside of that. Nah. Like she's going to. She's going to throw some parties. She's going to clean the she, house. She's going to bring some get togethers together and she's going she gonna to do them right. She's going to have the food right. Gift bags for everybody. Gift bags ready. Decorations for sure. Just the ambiance in general. She gonna have all prizes, of that. All of it. <laughs> prizes. She gonna have all of that for sure figured out. She gonna call you, talk to you, right? She gonna go to Puerto Rico. She's gonna party with her friends with and, the mayor, all of them, right? She gonna do. She she live a little lit life. She, she like does. The, you know, and that's where she's and at. That's her bag. That's, that's her it. bag. She don't care to talk about none of that shit that you talking about. Nothing. <laughs> right? She don't want to hear none of the stuff we're talking about on this podcast. <laughs> but that's that's her bag. And there's there's something charming about that. Like, that is that is where she's at. Yeah, it's like. That's what she likes. She's beautifully limited. You know? Beauti- <laughs> because it is. I think it's so fascinating. <laughs> I think. And I. Beautifully limited is funny. Because I think she's very limited. You know, it's almost <laughs> like. There are some things missing. <laughs> you know? Like there are a couple parts. Like, yeah, like some things just weren't. Parts. But it seems like she's like in, in a box. good place. She like, is. But but here, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I've heard people say this since we brought his name up about Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. I think it was brought up on the JRE okay. between Joe and someone else. But that. It may be impossible for someone with the intellect of a Jordan Peterson to just be happy. Now, I don't necessarily agree with this. I just think that it's it's something that I've heard people I'm say you're you. way too just psychologically active to be to be happy. I wonder right. what would happen if he took some shrooms. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. Like, just no one, if no one offered Jordan a microdose, is he gonna do him three like, and a half grams something and just like let him sit with himself? <laughs> and he's gonna come up with some ideas. <laughs> we thinking for a decade. Man, yeah, no, I think shroom. I would. 
I would like to see what he's like after shrooms. Yeah. Um, you know, and then on the other end from Jordan Peterson, we have your mom. And, oh, I, and, I, just, and I just feel like I I don't know if she's just it, see, it'd be different if Okay, all right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Let's get into this. We just assume or people think that if you, you know, you're not thinking on this super hyper intellectual level, like you're that maybe you're happier because ignorance is bliss. Right. But that doesn't seem to be the case. For people that are cognitively impaired or just slower, it doesn't it doesn't seem like things are just cool. Seems like there's still a lot of problems, sure. right? And and still sadness and boredom and, and these things taking place. Now, interestingly enough, it, I met someone, uh what dang, I forgot what her name was, but she worked uh Ferusa that that was from I Kazakhstan. Ferusa, yeah. And she said that she loved America so much because when she came over here, she realized everyone just for the most part, people smile at each other when you walk down the streets. That's not something they do okay, in her country. I remember what you're saying. So she just saw seeing people smile at each other and wait, hey, how you doing? She's like, oh my gosh, like this is so nice. Like you can smile at other people because where she's from in Kazakhstan, smiling and walking around like you look stupid. Mm. Like you, she's like, you like people. They're looking at you like, why are you smiling, right. idiot? Like what is? Like, what's going on? Yeah, like, why are you just smiling? It's a stupid hmm. thing to do is just to smile. Um, I kind of forgot where I was going with that. Uh, smiling. Simpler things for certainly, or certain cognitive cognitive. Oh, right. So, so the point being is that for a lot of people, someone just being, uh, like, if you think about it in your mind right now, someone that's just gleeful often. You you might think, oh, they're simple. Like they're a little simple. Like you like you're just like gleeful often. Like you're probably stupid because <laughs> maybe you're not thinking. Like your mind doesn't allow you to think about a Anything bunch of things else, yeah. that would make you unhappy, right? So a lot of times there's this hard this hard nosed thing about like maybe intellectual isn't that happy, mm-hmm. that gleeful, mm-hmm. that that whimsical, that childish, you know. It's funny ideas that we have about things. But I think that you could you could probably find that piece either way. I, I think a lot of it does have to do with the the uh lack of thinking. So what's interesting is it's not that your mom isn't thinking. Right. It's not that. She's thinking about some things. For sure. You know, she just could be thinking about the next trip, you know, the next thing. So she, she's thinking and those thoughts still are bringing her these these comments, you know, on the phone with you of, oh, I just want to go back to Puerto Rico. I'm trying to go to sleep so I can wake up tomorrow and, you know, cut some hours out of this day. So it's interesting, like regardless of where you are in the spectrum of like cognitive power, you're still going through it. If if the the heart of the thoughts are still trying to figure out 
the future, like mm -hmm. the, the next thing or trying to facilitate something For that sure. is beyond the abundance of the, the moment. Present mo right. That's well put. That's beautifully put. No, 100 percent. Yeah. You know, I do often wonder what my life would have been like if my mom raised me as a single mom. Ooh. Not good. She just doesn't have it. You know, <laughs> she doesn't have it. She doesn't have the best financial literacy. She's always had a man at the helm. She's been married before my dad, and he was the one that took care of things. She just kind of always sat in the back. She was a secretary. She went to secretary school. She's mm. been a receptionist places. My mom hasn't worked in like 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some people you know, don't want to. They don't want to. They don't want to be at the helm. But let me tell you something. I get it. <laughs> because the more I get settled into this life, I'm like, oh, Earl. Like, it's nice when like I don't have to. I don't mind cooking, cleaning, doing the things, booking the pod, whatever has to be done. If I get to stay in here 24-7. I was listening to that episode of the Pocket Watch podcast. Those guys that I okay. follow. What episode? Well, it was when I was in here trying to figure out some Adobe I preset stuff. Okay. But it had this this young lady on there that was a nurse, I believe. Surfer? I think she did a lot of things. Okay, it was Yeah, I think she Asian? was like a surfer and a nurse. Yes, I remember. And a That's lot. very cool. Yeah. That's very cool. And she was talking about how she is attracted to being able to turn her brain off. Mm. She's like, listen, I it's not like I'm lazy. I go to school, I work as a nurse, I I surf, I like I do a lot of things. She's like I'm constantly doing things. It's just nice to know that if I want to turn my brain off, it'd be nice for there to be a person that can facilitate the things that need to be done with a brain that is active. <laughs> so I understand what it is you're saying. Yeah. Like you you do things. It's not like you just don't do things and for you just sure. like Laid out on a couch waiting for Earl to walk around and do shit because that's also not going to work either. No, you know. No. So, but there are things that you know where you can just shut it down and going back to the word, feel comfortable just letting go. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's so important. You know, I really hope that people who are in relationships that live together are able to find. That space, because it's so nice. It's so. It's just cozy and, and perfect. And you, you mean the space where both participants like can shut off? Yeah, where there's moments. a balance, mm. you know, where, yeah, people can like both parties can meet themselves where they are and kind of adjust to that. I've always told people that has been my biggest. Um, Compromise. Outside of all the compromises that I've made. When we first got together, the big one was you not being affectionate, which is very interesting to think about that now. And how I thought that that was going to be like my compromise that I would have to swallow in order to be in this relationship. And I did. It took me a long time. And I swallowed that shit and I was like, fuck it. It is going to be what it is. But my real compromise in this relationship has been moving in. And having to let go of how I was going to upkeep the house. <laughs> <laughs> I could have dealt with you not being affectionate for the rest of my life. That's easy. 
Well, which has changed. I'll put that on Which record. also is the most affectionate. The most. It's so great. I love it. But yeah, the house one, it was huge. That was by far the hardest compromise I've ever done. Yeah, it's just because I think what people kind of get messed up a little bit and maybe that's why breakups happen or, or divorces or whatever. I don't believe technically that it should be one person adopting to one or the other. You know, it's like because I want it this way, this is how you should do it. It's just finding out how badly you really want things done that way and, and, and what that means for both parties. So like maybe we should reframe this version of events. Like when you clean here, this is what it will look like now versus how it did before. Yeah, relationships are really hard, man. It's the, really it's the narratives. So I went out to Dave and Buster's, as you know, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And it was with two people. Mm-hmm. And it was such a, I was on shrooms. It was such <laughs> a, and just visual, visually popping experience for me to be. Mm. I cannot explain it enough because I'm I was taken away from the ego. Mm-hmm. I'm just experiencing the lights and the the sounds and the overall levity of a Dave and Buster's. Right. Okay, it's just a beautiful place. Food, drinks, little kids running around, fun games for adults to play. Like, it's a great it's a great time. And to be with these people that I love to death. Awesome. Awesome people. But they're in their heads about what's taking place at the moment. Like, who is one of these two people, a third wheel? Are they both a third wheel at some point in time? Just just like weird irritations that would arise. And I'm from my lens. The reason this hit so hard for me is because from my lens, I'm looking. At what I feel like is reality. I'm I'm just seeing the potential for greatness in this beautiful establishment made for fun. (laughs) And these two people not necessarily being able to enjoy it at the capacity that they could because they're in their heads about whatever the case is, right? And I don't even know that this is happening. I'm just enjoying myself until I start to slightly catch some energy shifting and some people walking away. It's just weird things taking place if you just look close enough. And and then, lo and behold, later on, the information was told to me by both parties. But I just say that to say when when it comes to you and what you expected when you came in here of how you were going to upkeep the house and I was I, it shit just had me thinking it's not like it was a new piece of information that I'd come across but just the salience of it again of so much of our distraughtness is just is just a ripple in this narrative that you've concocted in your mind it's not we forget that just what we're looking at 
attached to our feelings is not reality. Like there's there's our lens on things. Yeah. Unless we get a hold of looking at things without our egos attached to them. That exists. Right. And so just being able to see, wow, like how much of our just distress every day is just built because of our expectations of the day, like what should be the case, whatever, whatever has been cooking up in your head versus actually just taking the day as it comes and realizing that this is this is what life is today. Like this is this is what I'm doing at the moment. It was it was very very profound of an experience. It seems very regular, like everything else. I say, go to Dave and Buster's. Two friends, one of a couple of them felt like they were third wheel or felt kind of weird about the way that we were leaving right. and when we were going to get food afterwards or where we were going to go to get the food. Whatever the case is, and then you just get weird energy. Somebody starts walking out of Dave and Buster's. We start walking after them. Then we kind of like have this weird moment up front where we're trying to figure out who's getting in whose car and who's going to where. It's just weird stuff that's going on. And I'm just like, wow. Like the moment, like there's the moment, there's nothing wrong with the actual formulation yeah. of the space, of the matrix, the space so in the matrix that we're in. Stories. It's just the stories that these people are telling themselves that just have an overlay on what's actually happening. You know, it's like, it's, fuck, that's so wild to look at. It's crazy to think about it as someone who experienced what stories like my whole life until recently. Because it, it they're so powerful, they take over everything. What is that book? Um, Reconcilable, Reconcilable Differences. Reconcilable Differences by whom is Donna it? Markova and someone else. Yes, Donna Markova. That they have a visual representation of rut stories, and it's exactly that. It's just making a rut in a river where it just wasn't even there before. Things were flowing, and then you try to stop it. I'll take some more of that. Yeah, it's just really hard. And again, I don't know what would be helpful for people like them. I'll take a little bit more juice mm -hmm. to get out of the way of that. It's just, it's weird. It's weird, this conundrum. I don't know if I'm doing a good enough job of explaining it of, you know. Thank you. How funny it is that it seems as though I worked so hard to come back to this very simple, like a rudimentary place. Yeah, I mean, it makes it makes sense. Because it feels people like are I'm trying to find very loose terms. You're saying that you are. People are trying to. People are saying that. Or you said, "Oh, maybe we're all trying to find that childlike thing again, mm -hmm. right?" People call it God. People call it all sorts of mm, things. At the end of the day, right. what it seems like is peace. <laughs> yeah, that would right? make sense. At the end of the day, like what you're going to God for something. You're going to money for something. You're going to music for something like everyone's mm -hmm. trying to find like they're trying to find something in something it, i think it's peace in something peace sounds right you want peace uh, so sometimes people are going through thoughts are you going you're trying to go through as many thoughts as it takes yeah. to reach peace like well if i think hard enough for a long enough amount of time i'm gonna think through things i'm gonna think through them all 
You know, I'm going to find peace. I'm going to find the thing. I'm going to find the thing. I'm going to find the answer. That's what people are doing. They're, they're reading books. They're listening to podcasts, having conversations, trying to find peace. You know, they're attaining things, trying to work harder, work out, get a nice bod, <laughs> get a get nice a, get, you know, get a nice job, money, security, whatever you're trying to you're trying to find peace in, in all of this. So, you know, like those books, like illusions, like like the alchemist. So for some people's story, it's going to be just working really, really, really hard for a long time. To learn to stop working so hard for any time. <laughs> but that's the thing is, like, I, I feel as though you also don't know that you're working really hard to stop working so hard. No, you don't. But you, it, because all of a sudden I'm here. And I just, I don't know how I went from all of that to here. You know, four years have gone by. That's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's like the, the, like, stack the lessons. Like, lessons start to stack yeah. up on top of one another. Yeah, things are just merging. And they slowly merge together. They slowly, like, marinate enough. Like, the more and more you stack them on top of one another. It is weird feeling, like, a bit internally wiser as you get older. Mm-hmm. That feels very odd. Again, I've never felt, like... Internally wiser. Like, I feel wise, like, to and for myself. Mm-hmm. Not like two and four people around me. Like I don't walk around thinking, oh, wow, like I have figured that out. It's more so like, oh, I know exactly where you're coming from. (laughs) Okay. So I'm trying to figure out, are you saying that you have a familiarity with yourself? Is that what you're saying? Um, I guess you could say that. It just feels like I'm much older than I am. It's like I went from being a 13-year-old to an 80-year-old woman overnight for some reason. Um. Yeah, and just being in a space now where a lot of people are much younger than me, anywhere from like 10 to 7 years younger than me, a lot. And there's a huge discrepancy in, in like what someone is thinking, feeling, or acting when you're this age versus when you haven't experienced those 10 or 7 plus years. And I just feel like a bit older, even though I'm also connecting with this younger person, which is very interesting. Yeah, I just feel like I've experienced some things as a younger person that now looking at young people where I was and however many years ago, I recognize a lot of myself in them. And I recognize a lot of things that obviously they would never recognize because you're 19 or 21 doing whatever it is that you're doing. And you've never thought about this thing. And you have to go through whatever it is that you're going to go through to figure some things out, hopefully, in the future. Yeah, I guess really all I'm saying is that I feel very at peace. That's more so the crux of it. Does that make sense? I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Well, Mikey, let us know if that made sense. But (laughs) Yeah, no, I have no idea. Um... Yeah, yeah, no, I have no idea. Um, it's all very, it's all very uh, meta. It's, it's yeah, just, it's very loose. Yeah, it's all very loose terminology. Like, there's no way to really pin it down, you know. 
Yeah, just I feel like I'm talking about shrooms and psychedelics, you know? Like, I feel like unless you experience this thing, then you don't really know what I'm talking about. Like, I can, and hopefully, I mean, I try to do the best I could. But even then, it just gets a little shaky sometimes. Mm. Um, I'm not the w- Trying to speak to, well, because the external is much easier. Yeah. Like, I can show, you a, I can show yeah. you a bank account. I can show you something I built. I can I can show something you I something wrote, I've yeah. purchased. Like I can show you these things. But try it's speaking to one another, which is interesting to me, but speaking to one another about the internal voyage, right? And and it's just interesting. And just the place that you're in. You know, whether it be like uh, drug induced or or not, it's still very interesting to try to pinpoint how someone's feeling and what it is they're talking about and how they get there. And then the paradox of working hard to get to a place of, of not working hard, which also shouldn't really be difficult to understand. Cause that's just like retirement as well. <clears throat> that's what I think. I think that we have retired early. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, but you know, we're saying, okay, so do you work 60 years so that you can retire mm-hmm. or do you just, live those 60 years like you're retired. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of a little bit of like what we're pretty much what we're sort of talking about. It's like, you can work really, really hard to get to a place where you realize that, like, okay, I don't have to work hard. Or maybe, maybe you don't have to work hard at all. Like from the jump, whenever that realization comes, like maybe you don't really have to work too hard. Maybe there's something that comes along in the, in the working hard that can't be had without the working hard. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's just figuring out what it is that you want to do with your time. I think we've gotten really lucky with each other knowing that we don't want to have children at least at this very moment. Same thing with pets, more so dogs that require a lot of attention. Therefore we can go back to serving very easily and pay our bills very easily and so do whatever it is that we really want it is the lack of responsibilities really that's more so it you know and i want more of that (laughs) to tell you the truth i don't want any responsibility couldn't have less responsibilities unless we just stopped working i have a job that i go to and i pay rent and i pay my car insurance and my phone bill and that's about all that i really worry about throughout the month that i have to do other than that when can we play pickleball? When are we planning this next hike? Do we order pizza tonight? Where am I cooking? I feel very blessed. I feel very lucky. Mark said that he wanted to just get on a boat. Right. And just float around and take up odd jobs at different ports. <laughs> you know Mark. what I mean? Catching fish, fucking being a blacksmith somewhere. Who I knows? get what you're saying. But yeah, I understand what he's saying. Like you're you're looking for that piece too. Like everyone's looking for Everybody's that piece. Looking for it, yeah. And it just looks different. You're just looking to to shut bullshit down and exist. You're looking for a space where you can comfortably exist as you are. Yeah. That's what you're looking for. No, and it's just very cool to be able to have a partner to share share that with as well. Because it's not like you can't curate that for yourself as a single person or maybe with friends. But if you're into romantic partnerships, that's that's a very cool thing to have. 
it's helpful too. It's not just like a nice add-on. It's it makes things definitely better in a different way. Yeah, every type of relationship can suck and can be great. <laughs> I just want everyone I just I just want to say that That is so true. Every type of relationship that exists, no matter what type it is, four people in a relationship, 16 people in a relationship, whatever it is that's going on, there are some people out there right now that are going through the worst marriage. Worst marriage ever. There's some people out there going through the best marriage. We don't even know what, we don't even, you couldn't, we couldn't imagine how good that marriage is. How good, how good those people got it. That's crazy. The best marriage on the planet. I don't know. Just imagine how well those people know each other, how well they support each other, like all the things that they do. Like It's the best. It's the best thing, right? That exists. Someone has that. Right. And someone has the worst. What is the worst? I don't even you, think you killed You killed them. They no longer exist. That was the worst. All the people that are killing their spouses. Those, those ones. You know. Someone right now could be killing their spouse. Um, oh, for sure. It's happening. Imagine. The I rage. just read a story like in Maryland. Think, but it wasn't, it wasn't spouses. I think it was a, a, like, a third, like a 12 or 13 year old killed his father. Like stabbed his father to uh. death. Yeah. You know, I read something the other day, not the other day, a few weeks ago, this like swept over the nation. If I remember correctly, this 19-year-old or 18-year-old and her 21-year-old boyfriend and their baby that was going to be born the next day, she had a scheduled C-section, got murdered by this young boy, also 19 or 20, I think. Because they sold, like, something went wrong with a weed, de- weed deal. Mm. So they killed the mom that was going to have a C-section the next day. I think she was 18. The boyfriend that was 21. And then the stepmom and the dad helped cover up the bodies. So all three of them are in prison. Like, your dad and your stepmom. I try to help you do something. Yo. Let me tell you something. I've never had children. We've watched the movie. I don't see myself. I'm putting my child in jail. You kill somebody, you're out of here. I'm gonna still love you, but I am not going down for that. <laughs> I'm sorry. You may be my offspring. You may be the only thing I have in the world, but you have to go wherever it is that they're gonna send you. Because <laughs> I'm not going with you. What if they're gonna give them the death penalty in the state that you live in? Well, if there's something that I can do to help, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to say just kill them, but I'm not going to give up my life incorrectly That's wild. because you decided. Because then I obviously had some failings as a parent. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know how that works. Morality and raising children if they kill someone. I'd like to think that my little Earl Lonnie Hooks Jr. Yo. wouldn't. Just be running around killing people. It's wild when you think that, right? When you, but, you, but but every single person that has killed someone had a mom or dad. Right. All of them. They had they all had a mom. Yeah, I don't know about children, wild. man. They scare me. Yeah. Again, I think I see a possibility of adopting when I'm older. I definitely do see myself in like my forties adopting some children. Okay. With you. <laughs> no, 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 you get to throw them with you in there. Well, what do you mean? We're, we're gonna be together. You gonna have them in that other house that you have. <laughs> Where are you going to be? I, in the other house. With them. <laughs> 
With them. <laughs> with the, and I love that it's them. Yeah, it's multiple of them. They got up to each other. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what it's looking like out here for these other people, but I hope that they're doing well. Who? What other people? Just, Everyone. Just people in general? Yeah. It's rough out there. Yeah, you find a lot of cool people. A lot of fun people out there. A lot of people are having a lot of fun. People are so much fun. Um, people are so much fun. That has been my favorite thing about going into a big restaurant once again. I love every single personality that I'm around because they're all so unique and also very similar. Some of them at the same time. You just get to you just get to observe so many things. Like whether it be the you know the coworkers and all the tea that's going around, all the things that they're saying, all the little you know who's fucking whose wife, who's all the complaints. Yeah, like who's fighting who. Who just found themselves on a bridge waving a gun? <laughs> like you know, there's always there's like there's so much going on. Who just got fired? Who got demoted? Remember who's, that guy who went missing when we were at the other place? Somebody, yeah, there. somebody went missing. It's like <laughs> there's a missing person, and then person they found him like a week later in the woods somewhere. His I think. car was found. Everyone so, sharing the flyer around. There's there's all sorts of stuff going around all the time. But even in that, what's fun about serving is there are people. They're people. They're just people in the restaurant, and you just get to constantly see this like a first date type of deal. This is a new relationship going on here. This person's birthday. This family's out. How does this family act versus the other one? Or these? Is this couple angry at each other? Oh shit! They're fighting over a table forty two. Look! 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 They're fighting right now. They're fighting. Oh shit! He so just he time. just asked for he just asked for the check. She was gonna get another drink. He just asked for the check. He's done. He's done for the night. You know, people, I don't, because maybe people in that haven't been in the service industry don't know this. I think so. You all are being talked about. Like, 100%. Just in case if you, stand out you for go whatever to a restaurant reason. and you think that you're not being spoken about, even if, you, even if you're not doing nothing crazy, there's a decent chance. Someone's talking about you. Someone's yeah. talking about you. You're right. Right, because for whatever, maybe they think you're cheap. Maybe they think that you're about to be a bad table. They haven't even spoken to you yet. They're just looking at you. From, you know, maybe and there's just a like, black guy in here, so they're gonna. Tip they're just like, oh god, black getting a fucking getting a fucking <laughs> table of black dudes. Like, I hate the black. Or, or I'm getting, or I'm getting the table of uh, Mikey. Clip that, please. Um, <laughs> or we're getting a we're getting a table of young children. I hate them bastards. You know, like people, they have their 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 types uh, that, they, that they don't like. But you're definitely getting spoken about in some degree. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, you just you can learn so much. Like, oh, this is the type of family that has a dad that's like the the militant type that you know he's trying to get all the all the soldiers in line. Like, are you ready? You ready for your order? Like, what are you gonna you gonna you know what? You just bring us all this. We're gonna get this, this, and that. You can tell he's fed up with them. Or you have the family which I had last time that just lets the kids do whatever. Oh yeah, they you pick know, up the sugar caddies, start dumping all the sugars fries out. Cover the ground. Yeah, fries everywhere. Yeah, just for people that maybe don't know, it takes time to put those sugar caddies together. I don't know why people just just why they, you know what it is. They usually let them dump out because do y'all have 
at your restaurant, do y'all have uh, crayons and stuff? No. Exactly. So we don't got nothing for them to play with. And if the parents didn't bring something for the kids. I don't know if you remember, we had coloring books and crayons at our other place. So it doesn't matter. And it doesn't fucking matter because they're still putting cheese and water and the rings and, yeah. and poop and pee yeah. and food in the cup. Yeah. No, it, it all happens to do with the child. Yeah. But either way, just working at these places is interesting what you can gather from just being around yeah. and speaking to humans constantly all day long. Yeah, restaurants are they're fun gig. And it's, really it's, it's so much fun because you could be standing somewhere as we have both found ourselves just minding our business, picking up a drink from the bar. And someone comes up to you. I don't know where it's like, isn't it crazy that someone's just a fucking dick for double seating us? It's like, I'm just picking up my beer. But like, you all right? Like, you need any help? <laughs> just constant. It's like, I can't fucking wait for this person to fucking get fired. So that realization of Dave and Buster's it, it brought to the forefront of my mind that right there. Yeah. That most of the time, these, like, what is disrupting the moment? Because I just think of, like, the, the, the possible moment where everyone's just having a good they're just enjoying what is happening they're realizing that it's happening it's not something that is disrupting the narrative of what they thought was going to happen so they're just seeing it i'm looking at that potential and i'm just seeing it just yeah. just shat all over and thrown in the trash because of all the expectations and things like oh this person just doubled that sat me as though as though that doesn't happen you know you, you got double set go do what needs to be done now Speak to ask someone if they can go and help greet a table while you're doing Listen. whatever the case is. But to see that it's not like someone came in here and killed everyone. And I know that I'm making this in a, an extreme, but, right. but I just mean to say that so many things are a moment of resistance towards the current. And we're and we're upset about them, and people get upset, like up in arms about things not turning out to be yeah. this way that it had panned out in their mind. If you if you think about it, from I think my experience and yours as well, speaking of the restaurant industry, that moment will never come. What moment will never? Oh, come? Of just people <clears throat> being at peace and happy. Well, well, well no, because I'm, it's I'm always. Not, but I think that's also life. You know, it's too yeah. slow. We're too staffed. I heard uh, this guy that I've talked to you about before, um, essentially call him Papi Chulo. And when I first got hired my first day, he was like, ah, oh, like, you know, they're just hiring so many people. He's my first trainer. He's like, no one's going to make any money. I heard him the other day. They were asking him to run food. They were like, hey, man, can you come run food? He's like, you need more runners. You need more servers. Like, what's going on? Like, it's it's always this funny it's too much. It's not enough conundrum. And I think that's mm -hmm. life. Yeah. yeah. And it's like we only went to Puerto Rico two times this year instead of four. We only went for four weeks instead of a whole month and a half. Um, yeah. Been there, done that, you know? Yeah. That's a tough one to think your way through. I'll tell you why. Because you're essentially, and this is sort of the way of the Taoists, right? But is the expectations being dropped. Yeah, but if the expectations are dropped, you're dropping something else too. And it's a much larger word. Smaller in letters, but it's a larger word. Ego. Desire. Desire, yeah. Yeah. Because then what are you saying? 
that's the thing that that is going to that's going to be a hard stop in the thought process for people. Yeah. Is what are you so what you're saying is because my expectations come from nothing but my desire right. for whatever this to turn out this way for me to make this amount of money for this to be the situation in which I'm walking into. It's a desire for that. Are you saying that I should not desire good or nice th- things that make me feel good? Like, is that is that what you're yeah. saying? In in the, at that moment, that's where it's going to be. You're going to have the the hardest resistance in that in that hypothetical that's a hard conversation. One to explain. In that hypothetical conversation, that is a hard one to explain for yeah. sure. Well, well, when I was saying the superior virtue not being superior for the sake of being superior. Right. Right. That's kind of the same idea, which is difficult to understand, which is that things Because see, this sounds very meta. This sounds like the secret. Now can you hold that? Okay. I'll try. Okay. The meta, remember you're going to explain it. Okay. Um, Right. So, so I'll explain it a different way than the than the willow tree because I did that with the episode with Nicole. I was talking okay. about the willow tree in the snow. Oh, I like that one too. Um, I think about that when I see snow in the branches now. Right. So the willow tree, unlike the pine tree, is springy and spry. So right. it lets the wind or it lets the snow fall and then springs back up as opposed to just packing it on and resisting it and breaking off at some point in time. Same as the story in the uh, Aesop's Fables. Where you have the oak tree and the reeds. Of course. So you have these little whimsical reeds on the ground and a huge gust of wind comes. The oak, big and strong, resists it and breaks, comes down, hits the ground and is asking the reeds, how is it that you so tiny and small could stay intact with this huge gust of wind that came through and I'm a mighty oak? And it, it, you know, it broke me down and the, the reeds just said, well, listen, you're, you're strong and stubborn. So you tried to resist something that proved to be stronger than you. We go with the breeze. And so we're still here. And so it's that sort of story in this this feeling that I've had innately for a very, very long time, which was it always seemed to me, even in my very, very early 20s, it seemed to me that, that you could definitely plan things out and work towards that and work towards that plan. And I think that you can, I've seen people do small goals that add up to a big goal and they achieve things that they've been wanting to achieve for years. It's not as if that does not exist. I've seen that happen. It may not look exactly the way you thought it was going to look along the way or bring you all the things that you thought it was going to bring you, but I, I can see you achieving goals. But I've also had this innate understanding that Doing things in the flow, doing things in congruence with the hypnotic rhythm of life, however you like to talk about this, right? Um, will will bring you it will bring you things. It's and it's not you doing that for the sake of it bringing you things, right? Just like the superior virtue, it just happens to be a consequence of things will come due to that way of living. You know. Try to do it for that because then you'll then you're already you're meddling. Mm-hmm. Now your ego's in the way and you're meddling with the thing, with the the higher being, the higher way of living, right? That superior virtue. Right. So you're tainting it 
with your egotistical sort of ways. But if you're just doing the thing, then things come as a consequence. So I, I never worried. I never felt like I was going to be poor in, no, in, in, in any sense, right? Because I see myself as I feel wealthy. You know what I just thought of it? It is very amazing to have been able to be a witness and attest to the fact that you have been this way for a very long time. This is very much newer to me. But I remember that day we were working at Salaman. We were serving brunch, which is a long day. And for some reason, you hadn't gotten sat for like an hour or something. And you were just polishing in the back. And Naomi realized, like, oh, shit, like, you, I'm so sorry. And you're like, oh, I'll go home. And she sent you home. Yeah, you've always been this person. But I get it now. You know, it's taken me much longer, way longer than it ever has taken you to achieve this place. But I think about it at work. You know, of wanting to have these moments where I think that I need to have a conversation and then realizing, you know, like every time you've wanted to have a conversation, it's probably not the right time to have a conversation. So I don't have the conversation and this thing happens, which is really nice. And then... I get the four-table section, but then it doesn't make sense there's a three-table section. Next thing I know, it's like, oh, hey, like you passed the test that I didn't know was taking place at the moment, obviously, because I, I don't know what's happening. So it's, it's been quite an interesting but very nice journey of just taking a seat back and having no expectations. And what is the other word you use? Desire. Desire for things. Because do I... Go into work wanting to leave with $40 after working eight hours? No, I do not by any means. Am I going to do my best with what I am given there? For sure. And I think that not being annoying and in the way and complaining and asking for things just provides you a lot more. You know, and it is funny to say, but... For me, I can't speak for you or anyone else, not growing up in that environment or experiencing people around me that behaved or thought that way, that doesn't make any sense in my mind except of when I think of you. Like I can't attribute that way of being to anything else other than you. So this is very, very different for me. It's, I think that it is very difficult. It is. It is the dance with life. It is difficult. It, 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 me, is it, mean, it means that you are constantly on the dance floor. Like yeah, you, moving. you are moving and grooving, and you have to be aware of the steps that your counterpart life is taking. So yeah. you don't step on its feet. You don't. You know. Get what I mean? in the way. You don't get in the way. No, you you got to be in that in that dance. It's a push and pull, and I don't. <laughs> I do not, uh, I should say, condemn uh, or really criticize people for not having that down. No, you know, at any moment, any of, any difficult. of us, all of us, because because it's a constant push and pull and twirl and jump and pirouette. <laughs> like you can't. You know, it's a lot. It feels like you may think that you need like 
if I I have to stand up for myself. Yeah, that's like, a huge. You one. know what I mean? Like I have this isn't me trying to be rude or just like like I can't collaborate. Like I'm, you know what I mean? I don't I don't want to come off like I'm uncompromising or anything like that. I you don't, don't want to be difficult. I just feel like I'm supposed to stand up for myself. So if you feel that in your heart, then you got then that's what you're gonna do. You're gonna stand up for yourself. That's unfortunately what I think happened with my coworkers the other day. When I think the other one really felt again, I really thought she was coming from the best place she could. By no means did I think that she was just trying to raise issues out of nowhere. I think she felt slighted and disrespected and she felt as though she needed to stand up with herself. Now, was it done incorrectly in the middle of service? Yes. Were they both speaking to each other kind of funny? Yes. Should it have been done very differently? And probably this never should have happened. Probably 100%. But that's what she had. It's just I need to. I need to let management know that how I'm being treated right now is not how I like to be treated. Like, however, because I don't even know how it happened or what happened. But however, this a, this person was treating me is not how I like to be treated mm-hmm. was the crux of the problem. Maybe it was a simple just like reading her tone of voice. Maybe she just didn't like the crooked smile or the tone and, and the eye twitch. Yeah, I guess that's the... That's the coolest thing about watching an elite, an elite, elite mixed martial arts. Oh, wow. Mixed martial artist. Is you're getting someone that understands on a high degree of when to throw a punch. Yeah. When to step back. When to put their head down. When to grab. When to use force. When to rest. When, like, it's just constantly... You like you're in a fucking octagon with another full yeah. grown person that's trying to kill you pretty much. And this is what you have to employ. This is what you have to to figure out constantly. It's constantly, I think Joe Rogan calls it like very high stakes like chess or something like that. Mm. With like or very high stakes. That would make sense. I yeah, like, like chess with with uh, with uh with physical, with dire physical consequence, or something like that. That's pretty much what it what he calls it. That sounds intense. Like you're trying to figure out this puzzle constantly. Someone's mm-hmm. trying to choke you out, or put an elbow in the top of your crown. Like they're just trying to they're trying to knee you in the jaw, whatever the case is, break your body down, and you're you're just in this thing constantly for minutes at a time before the next break, like just minutes at a time trying to figure this thing out. And it has dire physical consequence. And you have to be at the top of your game. And that's this, crazy. You know, that's cra- That's wild. And that's kind of like life difference. in a sense. You're just trying to figure out all the time. And if you think that you're not in it, you're not aware. <laughs> right. Like that, like you're you're in that octagon it's all the time. Like how do, yeah, how you do So it's it? like, do you realize that you're in the game? That's why it feels so nice to just live life now. Mm-hmm. I told you, I, I think I'm constantly, I think people don't see accidents happen as often as they do because they're not paying attention. Car accidents? Yeah. I see car accidents happen all the time or almost happen constantly. Almost happen for sure. I don't know if I see the collisions all the time, but I not, see. Not see the collisions, but like very, re- like waiting for the police. Or police just arriving. Like, I'm always yeah. seeing a car accident somewhere. Sometimes you'll see one and be like, how he, How did this happen here? Like, how here did did you guys finesse this? I'll never forget turning at that Selby Road by the Battlefield Park and just seeing this guy completely take this red light 
and just seeing in slow motion, it's like, oh, he's going to kill her. He's going to kill her. He's going to kill her. Pff, fire. Mm. Like, wow. Like, everyone watched this live. Mm-hmm. It took seconds for you to get there and you still didn't stop. Mm-hmm. But I think a little bit of what we experienced when we played Pickleball, not this past time, though, time before, at least for me, I think you did as well. Like, I found my flow mm-hmm. with Pickleball. I'm getting exhausted running around this tennis ball court. <laughs> Just running back and forth, and I definitely felt like I unlocked sort of a new level in the game of conserving my energy, of just really only paying attention to the ball. And now I feel comfortable with that little trick you showed me with the hand on the paddle, and my back hands are getting a bit better, and I'm not just hitting it out of bounds all of the time, but <laughs> I'm able to just, like, find it. I don't have to look at the paddle to see where I'm hitting. It's like, I know that I'm here. And every once in a while I miss, but now I I feel like I'm flowing with the ball a little bit better. And that feels really nice to find flow in that. Feels very, very cool. See, that's the thing is that we've all felt it doing something. Yeah, it's just life. Yeah, but so to think that it can expand out to life isn't some extraterrestrial thought. You can think, like, even if you feel like you don't, you don't do well with that or you don't feel that you yeah. can you can conceptualize For sure. that it is something that does expand out to life if it can ex- if it can exist in the sport that you play or the puzzle you put together at your home the thousand piece puzzle whatever that extracurricular activity that you do is you can definitely adjust that size yeah. in your mind conceptually speaking and think oh this probably it may have an overlay on life that one can achieve and tap into and feel like they're doing this. Do you think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we don't give each, each other enough grace as people? How so? What do you mean? Just thinking that it's easier because it's a sport, because it's a thing, because maybe it's something you can concentrate on versus... Like people cutting you off in traffic and being a more considerate person of obviously they're in a hurry for unknown things. It's a little different when you get into the dire physical consequence that we just spoke about. So like if someone starts, if you go to Walmart and you walk in there and grab a cart and someone else wanted that cart that you grabbed and then they walk up behind you and start choking you out because Ooh, that's go, different. Like the grace yeah. that you give is going to be, it's probably not going to be so much in that moment. Um, but if it's like a regular people problem, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I parked in the parking spot, but I didn't see you waiting because you were in a blind spot mm-hmm. that you were going to go in. It wasn't because I was just trying to be an asshole, but you don't know that. Well, that's why I brought up the dire physical consequence because you're talking about being on the road. And so when yeah, that someone, was just one example, yeah. So when someone cuts you off or someone does something wildly reckless on the you road. You have to flight or the, fight, yeah. Yeah, like it comes because you're like, yo, you're about to kill yeah. all of us my right now. My life is in danger. Yeah, like my life yeah. is in danger. So you you act differently. You act yeah. accordingly, some might say. Yeah, no, that, that maybe isn't the best example. Yeah, so I just mean then existing in life. But that's what I'm, that's what I mean by the whole Dave and Buster's thing is, yeah. I, you know, I give people grace all the way down to doing, you you know, them just being upset that, you know, 
they're in the Starbucks line too long or whatever mm-hmm. case, like whatever the case is like that's their that's their problem like that's their priority that's where they're at mm-hmm. right now they're upset about it I give grace down to that but I will say that there is something about a physical dire physical consequence that rings off a little differently like when someone's about to harm you or kill someone like in your family they're gonna like it rings off a little different than it being slow at work Yes. Or whatever the case is on, on that tier of problems. But but so to watch these non-physically consequential things happen often that that take people away from the potential of goodness that could be in any given moment that just suck it away. And they're just worried about all these all these kind of trivial inconsequential things it's uh it's tough yeah it's tough because you just see him you're like wow like i literally just witnessed you suck all the good all the possible goodness Mm. out of this situation like the outside of the way that you're interacting with it it's a the situation's great it's just the way that you're looking at it. it that's it you know, you know the friend that I've told you about that Tootie all those years ago when she took that, those three Xanax on Christmas Eve told like your grief is not as important as my grief. <laughs> Remember that story? So this person, <laughs> I'll call her Beyonce. That's what I used to call her as a joke because she loved Beyonce. Okay. And unfortunately, when we first met her as a group, when it was Cole Ashley, myself and Tootie, her mom had passed, I don't know how long before, but from cancer, it was like her mom was her life. She passed. And I remember the words like life sucker being used when it came to this person because she was in, a, in an awful space and she was so negative all the time. And that's kind of where Tootie was coming from. It's like, how can your mom have died from natural causes and you are just sucking the life out of everyone, but my daughter died from a heroin overdose mm. and I can have a little bit more joy than you. Like, mm. and, and it's not right or wrong, but, but that was the idea that she was working off of. But it was something that was very palpable when she came around. There were certain things that couldn't be spoken about because whilst they could have been happy to everyone else, they brought up only bad memories for her, mm-hmm. you know, so there there was a constant life-sucking force if she was around certain situations. Now, if we had an alcohol were involved, that was a whole different story. Everything's great. Mm-hmm. But if she's sober, like, life-sucking will be happening to some degree. And sometimes that is real life for a lot of people. You know, it doesn't have to have some trauma attached to it. Maybe it's just... But what, whatever you want to happen is just not happening constantly and you're just bitter all the time. Or maybe it's because you're working three freaking jobs and you're exhausted and you kind of hate your life and your partner. And all you can do is come to work and complain about everything and everyone all the time. I remember when I worked at Carabas when I was really young. Looking back now, I think I've told you this, I would love to be able to have like little clips and videos of me at certain moments in time. Because I know how people reacted around me, so that gives me some insight. But like, I'm not looking at Von Marie at 19 or 20. Like, I don't know what that looks like. I remember my mom for a long time. She was like, "If you hate people so much and you hate your job, like, why don't you quit?" 
So you you hate what you do, you hate everyone you work with, and you hate people. Like, why are you serving? I was like, oh, shut up. You're so stupid, mom. What are you talking about? But I remember hating my job and thinking people were awful, mm. you know, and doing the thing that I, not everyone, but a lot of young people do. It's like, oh, I fucking hate everybody. Mm. I hate people. People are the worst. Of course. You know, you do that thing. Yeah. Um, and it took my parents a long time to realize that I grew that sort of stage for me because until a few years ago, they were like, oh, like you, you just hate people. And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> I really like people. So it's, it's funny to have that switch. But yeah, life is really hard, man. <laughs> like all this just kind of comes to the conclusion that it's really hard and I feel very thankful to be here. To feel whatever it is that is happening around me. It feels very nice. To just allow the moments to be whatever the moments are. I think that's a good place to to leave off. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. All right. Let's. Uh, this was a good coffee mimosa session. Good morning sesh. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, babe. This was nice. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed some of it. Thank you all so much. Goodbye. Bye bye. Peace, everybody. Peace. <laughs>